Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. One life is all we have. And we live it as we believe in living it. But to sacrifice what you are and to live without belief, that is a fate more terrible than dying. And that's a quote by Joan of Arc. And our guest, Amina Muhammad, submitted that as a suggestion to start my show. And um, wow, that could be a whole conversation or a whole something to meditate on. So anywho, welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. I am still Lucy Dumas, and I am encouraging you to find this show on YouTube and please subscribe. I want more people to be able to see the happy, lovely faces of the people that I'm interviewing and um, be able to find us on that channel. So it would be a huge favor if you would do that. If you comment, if you listen, listen to other ones, that is even more fun. So, ooh, I'm excited to talk to Amina today. She spent 15 years exploring her passion for photography while working in the film and television industry as a producer, production manager, and I assume more on numerous movies and documentaries. And then Four years ago, she started an initiative called Cameras for Girls, and their mission is to teach photography and business skills to marginalized women across Africa who endeavor to become journalists. And what she does is she gives them a camera and teaches, and she's taught 47 women in Uganda and 10 online in South Africa. And wow, I mean, a 65% of the women in this program have gotten full-time jobs. So that's huge. So Amina, welcome. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I have a heart for giving back. And so I'm super excited to learn more about you and this program and maybe give people some thoughts about, you know, maybe they don't have to start a huge program. Maybe they oh. can do something small locally. But um, yeah, I, I want to inspire people, and I'm sure you do too, to um, find a calling like this. So just a little quick background. I'd like to know more about uh, where you got the heart for this program and anything else in your background that might help us understand. So I've lived in Canada for 50 years. We just celebrated our 50 year as we actually we came to Canada as refugees from Uganda oh, wow. uh, three years old and I grew up hearing amazing stories about what our life was like in Uganda before we were all kicked out so the Asians were kicked out basically mm. uh, from Uganda with three months notice by then President Idi Amin I was only three and it shaped my life and I uh, went back for the first time while working in film and television as a documentary producer I went back for the first time in 2007. And what I saw and what was our past did not reconcile. Mm. Um, immense poverty, uh, you know, everything that we had left behind was gone. But what really 
bothered me the most was plight of women and girls. So I'd grown up in Canada having every opportunity. I mean, life was tough because we came as refugees and we didn't mm-hmm. have much. So we worked and scraped and to do, to do what we could. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's the traditional refugee story. Mm-hmm. But in my youth, I squandered a lot of those opportunities thinking sure. that I knew better, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're good when you're young. So I went in 2007 and I saw the plight of women and girls where they were getting married at very young ages, sometimes as young as 14, um, no education because they're born girls. Uh, if they do get an education, it's because their mother was educated before them. Mm-hmm. But if she wasn't, then the cycle continues. And then the poverty and the gender inequality, and there's no empowerment. And they're told, you know, to be seen, but not to be heard and all that, you know, garbage. Yeah. And it really bothered me. So I came home and I didn't know what to do with my life. I didn't know how to make a difference, but I had realized that Uganda was a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 10 years, literally, and I wake up in the middle of the night and I come up with the idea that, it, you know, I'd left film and television by this point, but I was looking for a way back in. I was looking mm-hmm. for a way to regroup my passion. And it wasn't enough just to say, hey, I'm going to pick up a camera and take photos because I had to justify it mm-hmm. uh, to leave a good job and go back. And that's when I came up with the idea to go back and transform the lives of local girls endeavoring to be journalists, because when they graduate from university program, they're told you need to own a camera and know how to use it to get a job, but a guide uh-huh. or a male doesn't. And that didn't sit with me. Yeah. And that's how it started. Oh, wow. And do they need to own professional cameras or I, I'm going to have you probably tell me more details. Yeah, absolutely. This is coming up at another time. Um, but just my first thought is a lot of people like me have cameras in our closets mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've upgraded and some of them are yeah. not professionals. So do they have to be? No, they don't. like for donations, we accept anything. I take people's uh, used or new cameras, film cameras, old stuff because what we do is what we cannot use we sell and then Ah. that money helps us buy the cameras that we do and we've chosen to work with the canon g1x camera for a specific Mm -hmm. reason because when i was researching you know what's possible here within funding thresholds but Mm -hmm. also something that's going to give the girls great opportunity to learn both photography and videography Mm -hmm. but be robust enough and small enough to put in a purse because Ah. they don't want to get stolen. Right. 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 It's a lot of investment on our part. And I am proud to announce that Canon Canada is also a sponsor. And when Mm. we spoke a couple of months ago about, Hey, they'll upgrade me to DSLRs. I said, no, because these girls are just learning. Mm -hmm. And so like having a Porsche when you don't know how to drive. right? Right. And so they learn from somewhere. And so this camera fits all those buckets or all those points, and it's perfect for carrying. So I have to carry them to Uganda as well. Ah, so, so you don't want to be carrying Hasselblads. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And I want one camera that we can just learn and teach from. Uh-huh. So you take donations of camera gear and you have mm-hmm. a way that you sell them so that you can buy these small point and shoot. Yeah. Well, they're like they're point and shoot, but they're a little bit more towards the professional side than right. you know your average 
consumer point and shoot, right? There's still $750 on average for one camera. Um, but it's, it's a great camera to learn with. They've got a built-in ND filter. Like mine doesn't even have that. And then I've got like a super <laughs> camera, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's an awesome camera. Awesome. So th- we'll, I'll ask you this again, but in the show notes for the listeners, I'm sure there is a place that you can click yes. on to learn more, to donate. Do you also have a place that people can purchase or does that go? Do you sell them to somebody like else? Like purchase that... the cameras, you mean? Yeah. Uh, no, we haven't done that because, it. you know, I'm a one-person band, right. one, one one band at this or point. Today. So there's only so many <laughs> things I can do, yeah. exactly. And selling them works much better for us than, you know, being able to turn it around and, and sell it to somebody else. Right, right, we right. Have, I love it. We have an amazing friend here who has a camera store mm. who does that for us. Oh, good. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So hmm, what's the first thing I should ask you? I have so many things. Is there more about your, your program, a story or two about specific girls that have been impacted? Yeah. So like you mentioned in the beginning, we've taught 47 in person in Uganda and then 10 online during COVID in in South Africa. So Mm. in the South African cohort, Two of them got photography jobs. One has just finished our mentorship program and has now is now venturing on her on a position in photography because their journalists do well, but it's the photography sector that's very male dominated and they really want an entrance into that because they can take that photography knowledge and you know it can go so many ways, right? Mm-hmm. They can do headshots, you name it, like product photography. In Uganda, it's very storytelling centered. So they want to become journalists. But there, some of them have said, excuse my language, but screw this journalism thing. I want to be an owner of my own business. And now they own their own photography businesses, which ah. is awesome. Ah. Um, some have gone into communications. There's, It's just, you know, our training encompasses so much that they can take from it what they will and develop you know, a a life that they want. Mm -hmm. And I'm very careful that even though I'm from Uganda, I never want to go in and tell them how it should be in order to receive funding like so many NGOs do. I'm very careful not to be colonial mindset in that Mm -hmm. way. I ask them what they need, and then we develop our programming around that to deliver. Okay. Um, Yeah. So do they also, they have access to computers so they can digitally do things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I've done in Uganda specifically, because we've done three workshops, I'll answer those questions in two parts. So we've built an editing lab in in Uganda, in Kampala, which is where we train out of the, the capital. And it has two computers equipped with Lightroom, Photoshop, you Mm. name it. And we have a partner with um, one of our sponsors is Kelby One. So Mm -hmm. every year they give us license so the girls can learn not just Photoshop and Lightroom, but about so many other things that everything that's on that Kelby One platform. Mm. Um, So that's available to them. What I've done is further to the workshop that I give, which is a four-day workshop, I've developed a four-phase program. So there's different phases that they're going to enter throughout our time together. Mm. The first phase is the four-day workshop. 
Uh, the four-day workshop includes them learning how to use that camera. By the end of the third day, they're in manual. Um, you know, some of these girls have never touched a camera before. Right. We do a lot of practice, but we also cover a lot of storytelling yeah. because they're learning uh, how to be important. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth day, we do a, a field practice where that we get to work with a partner, a non-governmental agency, now NGO, with the same themes of female empowerment and education as a right. And they get field practice. They learn how to, you know, research the story, interview the subject, build the story, write the story, take the photos, and then mm-hmm. put it all together in a package. Mm-hmm. So that's portfolio, but also for the NGO to share in their marketing. And then. Phase two starts when I get back home to Canada, and that's a year-long online training program that I've built, uh, going going all the way from beginner to advanced concepts uh, and plus storytelling. And they, I built an online like video platform so that they can watch these at their leisure. The challenge we have is that they don't always have um, internet access or they can't always jump on the internet because many governments will sequester that internet. Mm. Um, So I built this so that they can have access 24 seven. And then I also do Friday sessions for one to two hours. I teach them something new. We talk about their photos. Uh, They get to learn and meet other girls. And it's, it's a very networky kind of thing. Mm. And then monthly assignments so that Mm. they, you know, put into practice what they're learning. So what everybody can use. Yeah. 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 And then phase three and then phase four. So it keeps on going. Yeah. Yes. So Amina, I would be happy to give a class or a couple of classes on how to how to run a business, how to sell your photography. My superpower is sales. Not just like, okay, let's sit down and sell, but like the whole principle. So um Please, you know. Oh, I would talk. I'd love to take you up on that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The fact that I could have an impact on some young women in Africa would be everything to me. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I, Thank um, you. Many years ago, and it was that same, like, you heard the calling kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I kept hearing that I was supposed to do s- something with my camera to help children and Mm -hmm. foster kids kept coming up and through some Mm. magical things that I'm not going to tell you the story, but if you're, you're friends with Christina, so I assume you believe in a certain kind of magic, right? Powers of intention. And I connected with the San Diego County adoption that was putting a calendar together uh, Mm -hmm. of kids that are ready for For homes. And the uh, coincidence is they were doing it in conjunction with churches, primarily African-American and other people of, you know, churches that are primarily people of color. My dad mm-hmm. was a pastor. So oh. to take these pastors and priests yeah. and put them with these kids and photograph them was easy for me because I... I know who, you know, what's your sermon topic tomorrow and things like that. Right. And yeah, you came from the world. Yeah. Yeah. And because kids are my, mm. my heart and getting to photograph these, these children and look in their eyes and see their souls 
and share that with the world is the thing in my life so far. You know, maybe this podcast is coming in there too, but the thing I'm the most proud of in my life. Mm-hmm. And the first year of the calendar, every kid got a home. Mm-hmm. And the second year, all but one really difficult sibling group got homes. I'm an adoptive mom, so that means a lot. So follow your heart, listeners. Something's yeah. calling you. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is the second year I spent like a month's worth of work and I just decided, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get paid for it. That's fine. Money comes to me easily and with love. That's my Mm -hmm. mantra. And then like the week I finished, I got a call from the assistant to a golfer's wife that's very famous. And they became clients of mine every year for eight years. And I feel like it was a direct, you know, appreciation from the universe or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you did Mm -hmm. your part. So here's, we're going to fill in the financial loss and more with with this family, which wasn't my intent. But, you know, givers receive when we're open to it. So everybody mm-hmm. listening, I love that. listen to yeah. that calling. <laughs> so Absolutely. if I told you all the magical coincidences of how this all came about, you'd be like, yeah, that was meant to be. But just the one little, because some, some listeners might be like, well, what is it? So right when I was getting that little ding, 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 there was a committee meeting saying we need to do a calendar and we need to find a photographer. While I'm over here, you know, unbeknownst to me, (laughs) uh, this was in the works. And then how we all found each other was another cool thing. And it morphed into this program called the Heart Gallery. I don't know if that's still going on, but it was a national program uh, of photographers photographing foster kids that are ready for placement and doing um, big prints and uh, having exhibits in in their city pretty cool pretty cool to be involved with that all right so my question was how do you give back and make the world a better place I think you already (laughs) answered that I'm doing my best right I mean I think we all have inherent gifts inside of us Mm -hmm. um, whether it's photography art uh, spoken word whatever it is right we all Mm -hmm. have something we're really really good at And it doesn't take a lot to pass it on to somebody else who might be looking for that skill, who might be looking to learn about that. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be an exchange for money. And I think many times people say, okay, well, I've got this skill and I'm going to put a course together and I'm going to sell it to as many people as I can. But there's nothing there about goodwill and generosity. And I personally, I think that's what we're lacking in this world. I've seen a lot of people, it's, um, and I don't want to be broad, but it's a lot of, you know, what's in it for me sort of mindset. I really want to inspire people to think, how else can I make this world a better place? Mm Because there's a lot of crap going around, right? Environment, women's issues, uh, Me Too move. Like there's always something. And we need to sort of put the brakes on all of that and look at how do we collectively come together to make this world Mm -hmm. a better place? Yeah. And what I find is even when I'm just doing something, because I'll get overwhelmed, 
Like I want to fix it all. Like Mm -hmm. right now, one of the things that's currently heavy on my heart is women from the dawn of time until now, even in my neighborhood with my coaching clients, women still are not equal. Women like, why are men in charge? I love men, but just because they're stronger and we have babies and it's after, you know, 50 years as a feminist, it just astounds me that things have not changed even in first world countries as much as I would have thought. My coaching clients who are women still overall are expected to find a way to pay for childcare if they're going to be working in their business. Mm. Or or do double duty. If you can't find childcare, do the childcare right. and still business and run the home and right. da, 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 da. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Working on a business. Yeah. And when you were sharing about, um, you know, it's not just in Uganda, but worldwide. Uh, oh, yeah. There are so many countries where women are not educated and the the leaders are not connecting the dots that these are the people that are raising the people of tomorrow even mm-hmm. even if you only wanted men to succeed you mm-hmm. want their mothers to be yeah. educated you want their mothers to be healthy yeah because it passes down generation to generation and it right. changes that it it breaks the cycle right it breaks the cycle of people not being educated, breaks the cycle of poverty, breaks the cycle of gender inequality, all of those, right? Right. Um, And they're showing now that with the environment, people are starting to also talk about how does that frame around gender equality? Because Mm. males get uh, more affected by uh, environmental issues than males. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the females who run these homes in 90% of the world's homes. It's right. the female. So if right. you're not going to give her, if you're not going to empower her, if you're not going to give her that voice, if you're not going to give her autonomy, she's the one who's going to make the difference at the end of the day. Right, she's, right. It's been proven that if you give a woman a dollar, she can stretch that to a dollar twenty-five. Right. If you give man a dollar, it's going to stop at dollar or less, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That makes a huge difference. Even if you only care about men, it's smart to empower their mothers and their sisters. Absolutely. Right. Because the sisters are a lot of times if the mom is working, the sisters are going to be the ones that are helping raise their Mm -hmm. younger brothers and sisters. So the logic of it, it just, I'm still, I was a social science major. So Mm. my brain is, been trying to come up with like why is this still a thing but you know we can't answer that today no but you know it's funny I have to I have to say that when I started this those themes were not even in my head right gender empowerment Mm -hmm. and all of these societal norms that you'd expect they were not even in my radar because I grew up here but mm-hmm. once I started working in the in Africa and seeing how life is so different, I'm like a proud feminist. It's not a dirty word anymore, mm-hmm. right? It's like something to be proud of because you can make change in a very small, significant way. You know, it doesn't have to be grand. 
Right. It's a drop in the bucket, maybe some will say, but it's my drop in the bucket. And through that, I am, you know, I'm changing the lives of those 47 women and they will change the lives of the next 47 women. And it'll be like, it's a small movement, right? It's it's something that can change. And it just takes one tool, a camera to make all of those ripple effects happen. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. To me, the definition of feminism is believing that women are people. (laughs) <laughs> you know yep. simple as that imagine yeah imagine. <laughs> and I love what you said about that using whatever is our gift mm-hmm. we can make a difference uh, do you know the starfish story no remind me oh I love this story and it's so what you're doing so there was a storm I always picture this somewhere like Cape Cod or or a right. beach in Maine So there's a big storm out to sea and it sweeps all kinds of starfish onto the shore, like thousands. And if they stay on shore, they're going to dry up and die. And there's a man walking along, throwing starfish back into the water. And no, let's say it's a woman. (laughs) Sorry for my men listeners. I love you too. Um, So there's a woman (laughs) throwing starfish in the ocean to save them. And uh, someone comes up and says, you know, there's thousands and thousands on the beach. You can't save them all. And she says, Mm -hmm. but I can save this one. Right. So that's what you're doing. Absolutely. So that there can be more starfish babies and so forth. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So I heard you say, did you use the word appropriation? I can't remember the word you used, but. You're wanting to share with us about ethical photography, because when you said you don't impose your program, you let them drive so that you're not like this, you know, first world person coming in to appropriate. Yeah, with my colonial ideals or with my first uh, world sensibilities, right? Right. Thinking that we live, which I did before I even went to Africa, is the same as how they live, right? Right, right. Um, but it's also about ethical photography. So I was until recently running my own uh, travel and tourism company doing photo tours. Now I'm going to be working with another company. And so the thing that I would really be cognizant of is bringing people from, say, Canada and the U.S. to Africa. And we visit a lot of different tribes, um, Maasai being one of them, right? Mm-hmm. I always teach that don't travel, regardless of where you're going, don't travel and just be happy snapper. Mm. Understand the culture that you're visiting, whether it is Italy, whether it's Africa, whether it, wherever it is, understand that culture and the people and what makes them tick and about their food and about what time they, uh, time of day they eat. Do they have siesta? Do whatever. What are their cultural practices, holidays, why do they dress that way in Africa? You're going to, and especially in Uganda, 54 different tribes and each one is very different from the other. So wow. when you go around, you're being like really learning about the different people and to segment as, oh, they're just African is doing them a disservice and yourself as well as a traveler photo- slash photographer. Um, and you always want to ask for permission. 
Don't just snap away if something really interests you. Ask them, may I take your photo? And tell them where you're going to be using it. In this advent of living in social media, all we care about is our next photo and getting those likes. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's the story behind it, right? Yeah. And especially wildlife photography. Is that animal being put in danger for you to get that shot? Hmm. So I see that. Wildlife, like someone goes to Africa and they're... Safari. Uh, safari so how do you learn those things I think I've done a lot of trips now I I do a lot of reading I'm an avid reader a lot of studying a lot of talking to other people on the ground uh speaking to my guides really learning from them as Mm -hmm. to their local what are the local cultures and practices around photography and you will see in Uganda especially a lot of people going like this and if they do that, they're not saying hello. They're saying, don't take my photo. Mm-hmm. And I always say thank you. And I and I move on, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's learning and respect, a lot of respect. Because it'll change photography as well. It'll change how you, how you see the world. Yes, yes. So what I hear you saying is if you get really curious before you go about what the situation is, who the people are, what the culture is, and then yeah. respectful where now how do you ask permission if you're seeing something happening that is in the moment in the moment you can't stop and say okay walk by there again make sure yeah, you stand exactly. in this doorway i will literally be like pick up my camera and i'll go like this and they'll say no and i'll be like thank you that's it but my guide will be very important in that respect as well because he knows the local culture he he might have taken us to a place where he's been many times and he's already Mm -hmm. broached the subject of i'm bringing people can they take photos right and that's already been handled but i'll give you an idea Um, i'll give you an instance so we were on a tour in 2019 and one of my guests saw a little girl sadly on the sidewalk defecating and she was clearly malnourished Mm -hmm. Um, and she went to take her the photo and I put my hand on top of her camera and I brought it back down. I said, poverty porn has no Mm. place in your repertoire of photos because what is, what are you proving here? What is it helping? It's not, it's not anything to do with raising funds for a charity. It's just something you're going to share on social media. Is it going to change the conversation? Right. And she said, uh, I guess not. And I said, then you don't take the photo, right? right? And so so it's our job as photo guides or tour operators to also educate our guests, right? But mm-hmm. respectfully, because mm-hmm. they don't know either, right? So, right. and those images get seared on your brain. You don't necessarily need to take photos of them. Right, right. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. we've had conversations about this, uh, about homeless people, you know, right here. Yeah downtown all of our downtowns or wherever and it's that same question definitely we can get some very compelling images but the question is should we yeah absolutely but if you're a journalist how is that different if you're i'm teaching my girls respect like respectfully approach your subjects even if you are ugandan and you're living in uganda and this is your culture Learn how to approach your subject, have a conversation, get to know them before you even take out your camera. 
because mm. when you do take out your camera, now they know you, they know what your purpose is, they understand why you're taking their photo, and they're more apt to say yes. But if you just bring up your camera and you want to take a shot and they don't know who the hell you are, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. So so I'm still baffled about then how do we get candid photos? Because once you have any contact, yeah. the moment is over, the story is over. So what are your... Th- I think it depends on where you are. I mean, I I haven't done street photography in a long time. But I don't hide my camera if I'm doing street photography, but I also don't have my massive lens or big lens, right? I have a small camera, Mm -hmm. um, walk around. And it all depends on where I am and what the images are. If it's people walking by on the street, I'm like, it's not going to hurt anybody. But if it is a homeless settlement or something that's uh, something that marginalizes the society further, then I say... Mm it put your camera down but that's just yeah. a personal thing right yeah. i i can't preach about everybody but um and it all depends on at the end of the day are you selling those images then you need to have a, like you need to have written consent at the end of the day yeah it's a big question and so what yes. i'm hearing is really think about uh let's say you happen to capture something that is like amazing in terms of journalism storytelling composition all the above but it might hurt somebody ask do i really need to show this like with street photography is this i love what you said further hurting a marginalized community or person i was just in africa in july and i have amazing images of three different tribes in tanzania and i won't share Mm -hmm. them not because I didn't get approval or or written consent, but it won't do anything to change the story. Mm. So yeah, why share it? Yeah, photography is such a powerful medium, and putting our our heart and our eyes connecting those is what I hear you yeah. saying. <laughs> Connect the dots. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And it really has made me, I don't know, a better traveler, a better photographer, more compassionate. Yeah. I love it. I just want to meet people, get to know right. them, right? right? Before I even bring it. Yeah. 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 Get that human connection. There are so many people now because of social media, I think, who are afraid to be out in public, afraid to even pick up a mm-hmm. phone. So, uh, mm-hmm. how do you suggest they? When they're traveling, they push past mm. that. Do you have a thought? I think uh, when you go travel, you're going with the advent to learn about a new culture, mm. a new country, a new food, a new way of living that you're not used to. So that, number one, is the reason for traveling. Mm. Number two is to see sites, right? It's not the sites and then uh, uh, let me figure out the culture. The challenge I see with a lot of photo tour operators let's say out there is they'll show people the sites and the safari and you'll do all the fun things but you'll never meet the local people yeah. so you miss out on getting that, that you know view into a different culture which at the end of the day having like i i live in just outside of toronto toronto is canada's melting mm-hmm. pot all different cultures nationalities religions living side by side, not always in harmony, Mm -hmm. 
but we're trying. Yeah. Where and that's really incredible because I can go into like two blocks down and I'll meet somebody from Greece and I can go two blocks up and I'll meet somebody from mm-hmm. Ethiopia and two blocks that way and I'll meet somebody from somewhere else. And I can literally spend one day on this on a street and meet like people from all over the place, which mm-hmm. I don't have to travel to that country if I really take the time to get to know them. Right. And that remember in the back of the day, learning how to be with your neighbors or whatever. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's what travel does. It allows you to meet your neighbors and and get a view yeah. of culture, right? And break down that racism and all those other things. Right. I find when I travel alone, I meet more people than when I'm yeah. with a friend and we're engaged in our friendship. Yep. Um, so one of the reasons besides which I like to sleep in a bed solo, in a room solo, because <laughs> I'm hard time sleeping. <laughs> exactly. um, all right. So let's say now somebody's listening and they're like, heart is kind of getting on fire or they're like, I want to yeah. do something. I, I want to do something to make the world a better place. So can you give us some thoughts about how you would start? Or, yeah. And we're going to do some points on this. So first thing would be, Sure. First thing is figure out what it is that your talent is. Is it photography or is it something else? Second step is figure out which society you, which segment of society you want to help. Is it women? Is it children? Is it the homeless? Like there's so many different segments of society. Third thing is don't even worry about oh my God, I need a registered charity and I need this and I need that. Uh -uh. If you have connections in a place, for me, it was easy because Uganda was always home in my heart and with the people. And I have a connection there uh, with a journalist. So it was easy for me to say, hey, I want to come and do this in Uganda. Can you support Mm -hmm. me? And away we went, right? But if you don't have that, Start looking for other organizations who may be already doing what you want to do. Reach out to them and say, hey, how can I volunteer with you? How can I come in and lend my expertise to join your team as a volunteer? Because they are going to take you. (laughs) Like as a charity, we're desperate for volunteers, right? But be careful. I go back in a second. Be careful about volunteerism. So Mm -hmm. I'll touch on that in a second. And then number five, if this is, After you've volunteered, you've gone and you've said, oh, my God, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Then you start saying to yourself, "Okay, how do I start my own uh, initiative, either registered or unregistered? Registered gives you the ability to be a registered charity and raise funds in the U.S. It's much easier than in Canada. I'll tell you that. There's more people. Uh, donating to charities in U.S. than Canada. Interesting. Yeah. And then yeah. So that's it. Like basically five steps. Okay. And back to the volunteerism is there's volunteering and then there's volunteerism. Volunteerism means that you're paying an organization on the ground to go and volunteer with them, and you're paying sometimes two thousand to four thousand dollars to go and do it. You get maybe a week or two with them to learn what they're doing and to help out. And 90% of the time, people go and they spend a day or two and then they're parting it up in the beaches mm. or travel or doing whatever. So 
that to me is not volunteering. Okay. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not very um, an ethical way of volunteerism. Hmm. Let's just put it that way. So you just got to be careful of the programs that you look right. for. Right. Now, it might spark somebody to open up and want to do more if they do it thinking, oh, it'll be fun mm-hmm. and I can party. Maybe I'll meet a boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if your goal is volunteering, then strictly volunteer, right? Mm-hmm. If it's, I want a bit of fun and I want a bit of this, then that's that's for you. I'm not judging. I'm just saying the difference. Yeah, yeah. That nothing necessarily wrong with it. But it's it's not the same. You're not going to learn, right? If if that's what you're looking for, right. you're not going to learn anything right. to guide you in taking your own initiative or starting your own initiative. Yeah, it's not necessarily going to expand your talents or use those individual mm-hmm. gifts that no. you've been given on this, you know, as a human. Yeah, I love it. And you don't necessarily have to travel abroad, no, because there's tons of organizations in your local area that could use your skills yeah Yeah. right like women's shelters you could offer your photography skills and go and offer to take headshots of women who are desperate to get back into Mm. the workforce but lack the finances or lack the resources to get this done you partner with you know a clothing store in your area that can give her a nice something to wear a makeup artist have a day and you invite mm. these women to get their portraits mm. done. There's so many ways. An animal shelter, you can go and donate your time as a photographer, take photos of animals that are up for adoption. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many, yeah. so many yeah. ways. Local cities can totally. You don't have to them. fly to Africa <laughs> to, to do that. You don't have to fly to Africa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to come, yeah. but yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. So, so could people join you? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is we had two people come from the U.S. last training and they and it was in combination with the photo tour I was doing. So it worked out where we spent the first four days with the cameras for girls and then we took off and did a photo tour through Uganda and Tanzania. Mm. Uh, But as I mentioned, I'm closing that part down and joining another um, company. So I bring people who want to really immerse themselves, get to know the girls, get to see what we do on the ground um, some of them are photographers. Many of them are not. They want to learn photography themselves, or they just want to be uh, in an immersive area where they can really see the work on the ground. So there's so many different ways to participate. Yeah, I think we could talk for a few more hours or days or weeks. <laughs> One of my friends that lives in Toronto told me that I needed to to interview Amina, that I would love her. and. She was right. <laughs> so you're so sweet. I think she lives or she lives near anyway, she lives near you. She's one of those nice Canadians. So yeah. Although I'm very surprised as an American that there's more donations and volunteerism in America than Canada because well in volu- in, in charitable in charitable. Yes. Yeah. Charitable giving is huge in the US. Yeah. Um, more than Canada. So, but it's also US bigger per capita, right? Um, but we have a harder time raising funds for the same thing that would happen in the yeah. US. So yeah, I think my next my next marriage is to a, an American so that I can register in the US and get more funds. All right. <laughs> yeah, I just I think of Canadians as nicer in general than Americans, but um 
Yeah, no, it just, it's all about charitable, charitable yeah. giving, right? Yeah. And what, uh, what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that would be a whole interesting social science exploration of why. And maybe it's marketed more here, you know, that maybe there's more. Um, I'm not sure. It's just there's studies being done and it's kind of depressing yeah. because we... yeah. maybe you're just so cold that that you're you're just dealing with being cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Don't bother me. I can't <laughs> help anybody. I'm cold. <laughs> all right okay two questions what is the best way to get in touch with you what's your website and so forth yeah um so we're yep we're at cameras4girls.org and uh you can email me directly at amina a-m-i-n-a at cameras for girls c-a-m-e-r-a-s-f-o-r G-I-R-L-S dot org. Great. And uh, last question. Um, it's just an open forum for you to have the last word, either something you didn't share that you wanted to, or just a parting thought. The floor is yours. I want to thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to, you know, to expand awareness amongst uh, other photographers, both in Canada and the U S it's really important uh, because it's not just about photography. It's we t- we have a holistic program where we teach photography, business skills, mentoring, the whole thing. But photography is our common language. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I recently was on social media, and we're still trying to grow our social media. Um, and one of the photographers who reached out to me just wrote to me saying, "Thank you for what you did," and that made my day. Mm. Like, thank you for what you do, because he said, "I've been wanting to do something, and I just don't know how." So if you have an idea and you want to talk, I'm all like, I'm open. So reach out more than willing to guide people, because I think the more we can expand on giving of ourselves and our our talents, the better it'll make our world. And I want to tell everybody a secret that's signs into the profitable photographer with profit as, as a motive is it is amazing how much comes back to us when we give without mm. the thought of receiving. So to me, uh, and quick, quick little story, my local photography chapter, Professional Photographers of America, when I was president many years ago, I had a past president's luncheon and I had everyone still alive that had been a president to come and Year by year, I asked them to share what happened during their year. And it started in the Mm -hmm. 50s. And it was like, and they limped along and, you know, some people, 10 people, 15 people. And then they decided to do some charitable photography to give back. Mm -hmm. And from Mm -hmm. that point on, the group grew. It was solid. It, It was like financially stable uh, that there's something about, and it may be the way it expands us so that we're more capable mm-hmm. or it might just be right. the universe or the angels or whoever, whoever takes care of these things, just expressing gratitude uh, in a, in a real world way. So uh, giving is profitable and even, yeah, 
you know, without any money coming back, that the joy of knowing we're making a difference in the world, you know, is more than money, is better than money, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And they've shown that giving um, actually makes you a happier person. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. And stay tuned um, oh, thank you. for my wrap up. So it's been a delight. I mean, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Bye for now. So I'm back. It's just me, but I know I'm enough. <laughs> so before I do my little quick wrap up, um, just a reminder, please go to YouTube and subscribe and share these videos with your friends. I understand that a lot of people now are getting their podcasts through the video aspect. And of course, feel free to share on any other platform wherever you're listening to this, if you're not looking at it, but that would be a huge favor to me right now. And so this, I just love this conversation. First of all, isn't it incredible what she's doing and how she's officially impacted the lives of 57 women but just think about the lifetime and generational impact empowering women to be able to be educated in an art form that's very marketable. Um, it's fantastic. And so I hope that this sparks some thoughts in you about, you know, big or small ways that you can use your talents, use your passions uh, to support other people, to help make the world a better place. You know, we need each other. We're one, we're one species. It's one world. Um, but you can do it with your next door neighbor. You don't have to go to Africa. <laughs> and then I asked her, well, she talked about ethical photography. I thought that was really valuable to think about whether a portrait, a photograph that you're taking, uh, especially of a person or an animal, has potential to improve their lives is kind the ethics of what we do um i really appreciate her bringing that up and then if you're feeling a burning desire in your heart or in your mind to maybe do something she suggested first of all think about what you're talented at second what segment of society you would like to help um next don't worry that you have to register or start something. You can look for places to volunteer. And then if you discover that this is something you love to do, then check out whether you want to register so you can fundraise or, you know, you don't have to fundraise for things, you know, get out there and do it. So thank you again for listening. And I know um, this has been a very special episode for me and Hopefully it's touched your heart and gotten you excited. And if you want to donate to her, I'm sure that if you go to her website, there's places to donate either cameras or money. So that is all for now. And I adore you all in 91 countries and counting, even if I haven't seen you. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you're here. You're listening and you're doing nothing I asked you to do. Oh, uh, subscribing on the YouTube channel. Okay, bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.